Did you know that every time you listen to an ad on this podcast, you help cover the cost of producing Find Your Food Voice? Thank you to our sponsor, Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. Because of them, my team and I can continue our independent podcast. Equilibria is a women-owned wellness brand with unique science-backed products that help bring your mind and back my mind and body back into harmony. EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense is a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. It also promotes optimal vaginal pH. These probiotics were chosen because they are studied for women's health. And I love that you can subscribe. So if you find that Equilibria's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense helps you, you can subscribe so you don't have to think twice about running out and also save 25% off. I just started taking the Equilibria Daily Women's Microbiome Defense after a trip overseas that made my GI tract kind of funky. I am hoping that it helps make things just a little bit easier, easing back in. And also as a woman, as a woman in midlife, I'm always looking for ways to help with vaginal pH. If you are not in midlife yet, just be aware. It's a thing that is around the corner for you. So head to myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and much more. That's myeq.com and use code FOODVOICE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. All right, let's get back to the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Say goodbye to the food police and hello to peace. Welcome to the Love Food Podcast, hosted by dietitian and food behavior expert, Julie Duffy Dillon. This authentically engineered series is in the form of a love letter, welcoming you to reconnect with food. Now pour a cup of coffee or a margarita and let's begin. And welcome to episode 83 of the Love Food Podcast. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, registered dietitian and partner on your food peace journey. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for connecting today. And I'm wondering something. As you are making peace with food, are you also trying to lose weight? Certainly, I talk to many people who are doing both, who are really trying to make peace with food because they are sick and tired of being sick and tired, you know, always thinking about food and it always being a distraction and feeling like they're addicted to it. And they also want the scale to go down. So how do you combine the two? Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler alert because you can't combine the two. And it's not that I'm necessarily against weight loss per se. It's just what I have found. And I know the research also supports is that the pursuit of weight loss, it's the keeping track or eating differently or making a lifestyle change to pursue weight loss. That is what can't be combined with making peace with food. So what do you do? That's the letter we have today from someone who's going that through that exact thing. And I have a feeling that she's not alone. 
Before we get to this episode's letter, a word from our sponsor. I'm excited to share with you my very special PCOS series, Empowering Your PCOS Journey. I have met up with a fantastic dietitian in training and grad student. Her name is Kimberly Singh. She is an awesome researcher and she also happens to have PCOS. So she has dove really deep into the evidence and has combed through the research and is putting together a series just for you and me to help understand PCOS. And I work with so many women who have this condition and it really sucks. If you don't have it, you need to look it up because it really, really sucks what they have to experience every single day. And they are sick and tired of having to think about food and torture their body with a diet. And you don't have to. That's why I asked Kimberly to really go into the the evidence even deeper and look at the research behind helping PCOS without diets. And we're finding a way for you. So come check it out. It's at juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS series. All right, enough of that. Let's get to this episode's letter. Dear Food, I don't understand why you have such a power over me. You are intended to keep me well-nourished, and yet you are my very downfall at times. I have lost 70 pounds by keeping my addiction to you at bay, but these last pounds left seem almost impossible because I am in between a rock and a hard spot. I'm at a point where I've never been at such peace with my body, but yet the mere thought of you still gives me a deep pleasure that I just can't explain. I'm 28 years old, and all I can remember is how my addiction to you stole my childhood, teenage years, and it almost took my adult life until I took back control. Or at least, I thought I did last year. I'm at a point in my weight loss journey where my addiction to you is starting to rear its ugly head again. I can't break up with you because I need you but I need you to stop taunting me and just be available only when I truly need you, not just when I want you. You will always be around and you will never go away, but I need to learn how to be grateful for you instead of use and abuse you. You are not my life, my family, my friends, my Lord, my relationships with people are my life. I realized that throughout my life of being a slave to you food, I was watching my life go by before my eyes without actually getting a chance to live it. You are my favorite pastime, the one I confided to when things seemed to never go my way. I had a lifetime of isolated hurts and you never left my side. You kept me company when I was bored, tired, sad, sick, depressed, ashamed, and lonely. It's not you, it's me. You don't deserve to get all the blame. You're not the problem after all. You never were. There's a life waiting for me beyond you and beyond my deepest dream of losing weight once and for all. All I ever wanted in my life was to just not be the F word. I can't even hardly say it without getting emotional. Now, all I want is to live my life without fear that I will never truly get over you. I love you. I always have food, but my relationship with you is a one-sided relationship. I have a husband, child, family, and friends that actually love me back. I can love you without cherishing you. I can eat healthy versions of you without any expectations other than keeping a healthy relationship with you. I can have you in small quantities and know you will still be available in the event that I truly need you instead of crave you. 
It's not you. It's me. It's always been me. I want to let go of the power you've always had on me, especially on the days I just don't know how to. Sincerely, me. You know who I am. Hey there. Thank you so much for your note. And wow, what a chaotic relationship that you have with food. And letter writer, thank you so much for your words. And honestly, I know many people listening right now can totally relate to your experience. Your experience, of course, is unique in your own, and your own, but it's also one that I've heard from many others. So I know you are not the only one. Although I know having this kind of relationship with food can feel really isolating. I do hope you can feel a little comfort in knowing that you are definitely not the only person walking the same path right now. And, you know, you described this kind of addiction and comfort from food. Um, and I wanted to clarify some things and I hope you can kind of, I don't know, just let it mull over a little bit because it's going to, it's going to probably sound pretty radical, maybe a bit crazy. I'm used to that reaction actually, but I, I hope it plants a few seeds and you can decide what's the next best step for you. Um, you mentioned the word addicted to food and I, I have kind of a, an issue with that word in general with food, because as you stated in your letter, we need food. It's basically like in order to stay alive, we need calories and other nutrients from food. That's pretty well established. And if we don't have nourishment um, after a certain period of time, we are going to die. And so I have a hard time hearing the word addicted to food because of that reason. And there's many, many other reasons. And I dove really deep into the food addiction conversation with my colleague and friend, Marcy Evans. And it's in episode six of the Love Food Podcast. So I would encourage you to check that one out. It's it's one that I think you'll it'll help you better understand where I'm coming from with it. And I think if we set up a, our relationship with food to be called an addiction, it's gonna set you up for a lifetime of food preoccupation, which from your letter is one of the most exhausting parts of this experience for you. And I do think you can find another way. I don't think food preoccupation is something that is uh, normal as I guess as loosely as we can use that word. I think it's pretty common these days, but it's not how our brain and our body is set up to survive and help us thrive. And there is another way. And a part of that other way is talking about what you described as your weight loss journey. If you've listened to any of these other podcasts, you probably have been able to glean that I'm not a big fan of diets. Actually, I hate them. And I save that word hate for really strong, strong dislikes. And hey, it, it won out. It is something that I totally hate. And I'm not against weight loss per se. I'm just against the pursuit of weight loss. I say this because there has not been one diet that can be generalized for most people to help maintain weight loss for longer than two years. And even more, one-third to two-thirds of dieters will regain more weight after that time period than they started at. You probably have heard me say before that dieting predicts weight gain. 
So yeah, the more you diet, the more weight you're going to gain. And when I'm feeling especially like an asshole, <laughs> which happens often, um, and someone says they're going on a diet, sometimes I'll say, oh, are you hoping to gain some weight? Because really in the end, that's what you need to be connecting with dieting. It's not weight loss. It's in the end, weight gain. So letter writer, I want to pivot a little bit and talk more about the food preoccupation you describe in your letter. And that is something that I really hope that you can find some solutions for. And I want to go through something that I think is really important for you and anyone listening who can relate to your letter. I think it's really important to understand. And it's something called the Minnesota Starvation Experiment. And this is a really famous study that people like me who work in eating disorders, um, you know, dietitians and physicians and therapists who work in eating disorders, we know this study backwards and forwards. And this is um, a study that was done in the 1940s, published in 1950s by Ansel Keys and his crew. And yes, I know it's very old, but when I describe the study briefly in a second, you'll appreciate that there's no way um, any uh, review board would um, allow this study to happen again because it's super unethical. But this study uh, involved men who were conscientious uh, rejectors. I don't know if that's the correct term, but basically men who were drafted to fight in the war but didn't want to kill anyone or you know they didn't want to fight. So they uh, fulfilled their military service by being involved in research studies. And so they recruited men who were psychologically and physically especially robust. That's the term that they used. Um, so it was people who didn't have any signs of depression, anxiety, eating disorders, um, and who were particularly um, strong in their physical strength. And they had, I think it was 36 men in the study, and they followed them for a year. And the first three months was just like kind of a preliminary getting uh, baseline test done. But then at the three-month mark, what they did is they fed them half the amount of nutrition that they needed, and they did that for six months. And something that's really important to note here, letter writer, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to tell you about it, is it is called a semi-starvation study technically, but the amount of nutrition they fed them was actually quite conservative compared to today's standards, um, type the types of diets that people do now to promote weight loss, even ones that are promoted by physicians. I mean, it was, I think the amount of calories it was, um, they were fed was only about like 1700. So remember like this is, that's not a, a very low amount compared to what a lot of people do. And certainly that's not enough for many, many people. And compared to what a lot of diets look like these days, that is quite conservative. And I have a feeling there's times when you um, go below that amount of calories, whether you're following that kind of plan or not. But anyway, moving on. So they were fed this um, half amount of the nutrition that they needed, and they followed them for six months. And the results were amazing because what we noticed and what they gleaned, I guess, from um, observing these men is men that were not depressed, who were psychologically pretty sound and, and actually exceptional. That's what they wanted. They recruited men who were exceptional. They ended up scoring very high on depression and anxiety scales. Some started to hallucinate and they became quite food preoccupied. All they wanted to do was read about food, talk about food. 
This was way before things like Food Network, but they were hoarding like cookbooks and recipes and they would look at the menus for hours and hours. They would also, for some men, they would they would take forever to eat their meal to try to make it last. And then other men would eat it with a lot of um, speed and eat quite rapidly, which if you can replicate this into um, modern times or just even outside of a lab setting, some people, when they go on a diet, end up being more meticulous and making a meal take a long time. And other people do eat quite rapidly. And it just depends how your DNA is going to react to the uh, semi-starvation. So other things that started to decline was interest in sex and any other activity. So um, for you, letter writer, um, you you mentioned this food preoccupation and it's it consumed your life and you said it made you lose your childhood and your early adult years. And I also can appreciate that you've been trying to lose weight for a long time. And I really want you to connect those two, that it wasn't the food, it wasn't you. What if it was the diet that was causing you to be so preoccupied with food? There's much more you can get from this research, the Minnesota Starvation Experiment. I'm going to put a link to it in the show notes. And um, you know, if you if you really are interested in it, you'll find some really amazing details, especially if you're someone who has a complicated relationship with food. I have a feeling you're going to read a little bit about your own behaviors as a result of the restriction and the dieting that you've been doing in order to change your body shape. So letter writer, what do I want you to get from the Minnesota starvation experiment? Well, I think it's important for you to be informed. And I picture you then as you inform yourself about how restricting your eating or dieting to promote that pursuit of weight loss, that's going to put you at a fork in the road. Basically, you can continue to pursue weight loss. And if you do, something I want you to keep in mind is that you will continue to have food preoccupation. It's not something that's going to go away. As long as that fear of fat and the pursuit of weight loss are the reasons why you're choosing foods, then you're going to be preoccupied with food. If you decide to no longer pursue weight loss or decide to put it on the back burner, I would assume for the next few years, you're still going to be food preoccupied because of the length of time that you have been pursuing weight loss. Yeah. I mean, it, even if you choose to not diet anymore, which it sounds like sometimes you go through that from reading your letter, what the Minnesota starvation experiment found is that most of the men during the refeeding period, that they had a three-month refeeding period, and then they followed them up another um, few months after that, they were still food preoccupied. And um, there were a few after about five or six months that felt like they were back to their quote unquote normal with the amount of thinking about food, but some continued to think more about it even years later. So if you do decide and this fork in the road that, okay, I'm done with this torture, uh, that food preoccupation is exhausting and it is, it is torturous. If you decide that you're going to choose another direction, that's that's going to be a tough road too. It's not necessarily going to be easy peasy. And I say that because the food preoccupation will continue for a while. And um, that's when I would say, get your support ready. If you've never worked with a dietitian that understands food preoccupation, this is the time to do it. 
You also, if you want to really have like a catalyst in this process, I would also find a therapist to help you with it. And even more, some of my clients who had this experience, like you described, letter writer, sometimes they need even more intensive treatment. They need um, a treatment facility for a little while where they can reconnect with food in their body and really heal the wounds from the assault that dieting will do to us psychologically and uh, physically. So letter writer, I want to mention one last point. It's an important one though. You said your deepest desire is to lose weight once and for all. You just do not want to be the F word. And we all know what you're referring to. You just don't want to be fat. When you mention this word and you can't even say it, I know you um, are referencing this kind of social suicide associated with being in a larger body. Our world is so fat phobic that it'll fear fat more than things like terrorism and death. And that is just outrageous. And I think it's really important for you or anyone listening who's in a similar place to really face your own stereotypes about fat. What does it mean to be fat? And I would take a really hard look at how much you discriminate against someone of size. What does it mean to be fat? And I know um, I've done this exercise myself. You know, I live in the same world you live in. And I've had to really face my own fat discrimination. And it's a really hard exercise, but it's so important. We all know how horrible discrimination and stereotyping is because it keeps us from really getting to know people. And for you, letter writer, I think you've internalized the fat phobia that our world is just so involved with right now. When your brain tells you, you just can't get fat, you, that's just the worst thing. I think by going through this exercise, you're going to be able to go even deeper into that because part of it is this fear of weight gain because of our cultural connections with size. And I think it even psychologically goes deeper into what you are so afraid of or things that are triggering you to want to abstain from certain foods or wanting to pursue weight loss. For people that I've talked to in person, things that will come up when they really sit down with what does it mean to be fat? It's um, taking up space. It is feeling stupid or feeling not important. I really encourage you to go through this exercise because it is going to help you understand where your own trouble spots are with discrimination and weight stigma, stigma, but also what's keeping you in this loop of disordered eating. All right. So I see food has written back. Before we get to that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor. And it's my very special summer PCOS series, Empowering Your PCOS Journey. You can read about it at juliedillonrd.com slash PCOS series. All right. Let's hear what food has to say. Dear me, we food know we are vital to your existence, yet you think about us too often. And we see your shame. Somewhere along the way, someone told you a lie. Someone told you 
You are not worthy of food's pleasure and nourishment. You deserve to thrive and stay connected to what's important. Your thoughts about size are keeping you from your own innate wisdom. Consider pivoting your journey to be towards food peace rather than weight loss. We think it will finally lead you home. Love, food. Thank you for listening. I am Julie Duffy Dillon, and this is a Love Food Podcast. Do you want access to more food peace? Jump on over to my website and join my email list. There, I share exclusive content that I don't share anywhere else. Get access to these tips and strategies by going to juliedillonrd.com forward slash sign up. And I look forward to seeing you here next week for another episode of the Love Food Podcast. Take care. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.